Good morning. My name is Brian Legg, and apparently I'm one of those girly pastors as Hans and Fita just talked to you about. I think I could take them. Today is Easter. It's an exciting day. For me, the tradition of Easter, this is the picture of spring. It's the picture of fresh, of new, of green grass, of blossoms on the trees, of orange blossoms. You can smell them in the air. And those of you who have allergies go, this is the worst time of year ever. For me, I love it. You get up and it's a crisp, cool morning and the sky is blue and it's pretty all around you. And it's this picture of new life and freshness. It's Easter. Easter, the time that we spend with family, the time that we do family meals together, the time the Easter bunny comes, the time that we get these little gifts and all these things happen. I look around the room and I know a lot of you, and today is a day where many of you dress up because you don't look like this most weeks. <laughs> you come in and you got your new shirt or your new clothes on, and, or maybe you just pulled something out you haven't worn in a while and you fixed it up a little bit or you fixed your hair a little different or maybe you just got up a little early and took some time and you come in and you got this big smile on your face and everything's good. And you come to church, and the greeters greet you at the door, and what's the question that we always ask no matter where we go? How are you? And you respond, oh, come on. It's Easter. It's fresh. It's spring. You respond, great. I'm fine. Everything's good, right? Right? Isn't everything good? Everything's just fine. Well, actually... Most of us are like the people in the video. And we have one of those pictures that we hold and we look at, and it's our picture. And nobody else is going to see that picture because that is us. That's the real us. It's the broken us. And we come in and somebody asks, how are you? And of course you respond, fine, doing great. Or somebody says, what's up? And you say, Nothing much. But in reality, there's all kinds of things going on. And life's rough. Because life is full of ups and downs. There's good times, there's bad times. See, Easter really is this picture of brokenness that lives in all of us. But it's also a picture of restoration. Jesus Christ went to the cross and was broken for you and I. But we come together to celebrate Easter because he was restored to do new life. He overcame death. And it is the resurrection that we come to celebrate. It is the resurrection that gives us hope. But see, for most of us, we get stuck in this broken phase. We look at that picture all the time. We see that brokenness that is within us. And that seems to be all we can see. And because we are broken, we look around and we think we're all alone. Even in a room that's full of people, you look around and you go, nobody else has my problem. Nobody else struggles with the things I struggle with. Nobody else is as messed up as I am. And we think we're all alone, and so we hold our picture to ourselves. We wear our mask, and we come in to service on a Sunday morning, or we go to work on Monday morning, or we go to school, or we go to wherever. And somebody inevitably asks you the question, how are you? And you always respond, great, things are good doesn't matter if they are or not. It's always the same response. What's up? Oh, there's a lot up. 
And there's a lot down, too. You see, life is full of ups and downs. Life is full of good and bad. And those people who you meet who constantly tell you everything's perfect and everything's good, let me let you in on a little secret. They're lying. Because life isn't always good. There are days where you can say that and be honest, and that's great. But there's days where it's not so good. And there's days where you struggle. See, for most of us, what we want the world to see is this. Now that is a beautiful family right there. And my greatest gift is humility, of course. Just kidding. Seriously, though, this is my family. It's particularly like that bald guy in the back. He's, he's looking pretty nice right there. Three beautiful girls. My wife, smiling. This is picture perfect. This is Mother's Day last year. Here at the church, every year at Mother's Day, we take pictures of families for moms. And this was our picture last year, Mother's Day. And I look at that and I go, man... That's cool. That's what the world sees when they look at my family. Those, those beautiful girls just cheesing it up and you know, smiling for the camera. Not five minutes before we took that picture, it was a little more like this. My kids were screaming. Two of them were crying. They were fighting over who was going to use which hairbrush, who was going to get what ponytail holder, who was going to use the hairband, which I want, of course, my wife and I are arguing because we're trying to figure out how do you discipline your kids out in the overhang, underneath, while everybody's there from church, and do it in such a way that they quit crying so that they go, they're going to smile for their picture so that you get this pretty picture. Can you relate? Have you ever been there? Five minutes before that picture was taken, that's what's going on in my family. See, this is the picture that we show the world. This is what we think everybody else sees. This is what we want everybody else to see. But it's not reality. The reality in life is lived in the five minutes before the picture. In the struggles to get it all together to take the picture. Here's some other pictures of our staff families. This is Joni Parker, our office manager, and her husband Tim, and their family. Pretty picture. Looks great. Ariel and Diana. Ariel is our TBA and Espanol pastor. He Speaks here on Sunday afternoons at 2 o'clock in Spanish. His beautiful family. Dave and Ashley. Dave is one of our pastor team members. And their son, Alex. And then I picked this picture last on purpose. This is Brian and Jen Starveson. You just saw Brian leading worship. But look at their son, Jason. Look at the smile on that boy's face. I mean, that is the picture of a perfect family right there, right? I mean, just the joy and the happiness and the excitement that is on his face. You go, wow, that's awesome. But that's not reality. Those are pictures where we pose so that we look a certain way, where we all have our masks on, where we're all putting our best face forward, where we've worn our best clothes that day, where we've come prepared to show that to the world. But reality looks a little more like this. Here's Dave, who you just saw. Lack of self-control. His wife, Ashley, no self-worth. It's brokenness. Tim, depression. And you would never know it if you met him at the front door because he's one of the best people we have around here for connecting others and making you feel good. His wife, Joni, who keeps us together in the office all week long, judgmental. 
Ariel, a pastor who gets up here and speaks week after week after week, every Sunday afternoon, who's shy, who has stage fright, who's scared to death to do what he does. His wife, an explosive temper. Brian, leading our worship every week, full of worry. His wife, Jen, complacent. My wife, Sherry, self-centered. And me, harsh. You see, most of the time people look at pastors and they look at their families and they look at the staff of the church and they go, well, they've got it all together. We tell you guys all the time, we don't have it any more together than you do. We're broken, just like you. I'm broken. Dave's broken. Brian's broken. Ariel's broken. Our pastors are broken. Our staff team is broken. You are broken. Dave talked to us last week about how we have this sin nature within us. And it started all the way back in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve chose to be selfish and they chose to seek knowledge. And sin entered the world. And since that time, every generation since has been broken. Every single one of us broken. See, these pictures are the reality of what our staff team looks like. And these are the people that I do life with that I know the best. And I look at our staff team and I realize that some of the brokenness looks like deep depression, overpowering insecurities, abuse from their past, image management, trying to make others think a certain way of them, grief from loss of loved ones, anger, destruction, betrayal, rejection. See, sometimes our brokenness is a result of sin. Sometimes it's things that we do, it's our behavior that causes consequences in our life. And that's the brokenness we see. And then there's other times the brokenness just happens. And it has nothing to do with us, it has nothing to do with our behavior, it has nothing to do with the way we live our life. It's out of our control completely. But it's still brokenness and we live in a broken world. All of us are broken. Have you caught that theme yet? Can you admit it yet? All of us are holding that picture just like the video. And that's what we see when we look in the mirror. And that's what we see when we spend time alone and think about who we are. It's the brokenness. See, I'm broken the same as you guys. For me, I, I look at my own story, my life story, and I go, well, I don't have any significant tragedy in my life to talk about. I don't have significant loved ones that have been lost in a tragic uh, accident or whatever. I don't have this huge sin that wrecked my marriage or wrecked this or did that. But I'm broken. Because for me, my brokenness looks like things like anger. I struggle with anger all the time. I have a hot temper. And you may not see it, because I usually do a pretty good job of wearing my mask at church and keeping calm, and even when somebody makes me angry, of taking that deep breath and not reacting. But my family sees it. My wife sees it. My kids see it. The lack of patience with them. My struggle with lust and temptation towards pornography. Oh, no. The pastor struggles with lust or pornography? 
How can that be? I guess you have to fire me. See, the thing is, I'm just like every other guy in the room. Every other guy in the room. Because it's a struggle that is there. It's taking something that God has made beautiful and distorting it. And it is one of my pieces of brokenness. It is one of my struggles. And I go out of my way to put safeguards in place. I have programs on my computer and software on my phone. And I have things everywhere to protect me and to keep me from going somewhere I shouldn't go. And I have people who hold me accountable, guys who speak into my life and are constantly asking me questions and are constantly checking up on me. But it's still a piece of brokenness in my life. And as hard as I try and as much as I make every effort to trust God, there are still moments where I fail because I'm broken. My sign that I'm harsh. Some of you know me, and you know that's true. A lot of you probably don't. But see, I've gone on a journey over the last six to eight months to where I've learned some new things about me. See, I've always been the guy who was okay with being in charge, who was okay with being in control, and I was going to get out and lead, and we were going to get through it no matter what. And I'm the guy who's willing to make the decisions and willing to run and willing to step in when there's conflict and deal with the problems so that we can move forward. But I never had any idea how other people saw me as I did that. And I've been on a journey for the last six or eight months learning the hard way how people often see me in that process. And it's humbling and it breaks you down. Because for me, it was all about accomplishing the task and getting it done and making sure we were successful and moving forward. And I didn't notice how many people I was killing along the way to get there. It's been a hard journey to see the brokenness in my own life. But I'm broken, just like you. And see, here is the beauty of a day like today. Because as we celebrate Easter... I think there are so many times that we think about Easter and the first thing that comes to mind is the cross. And the cross is important. The cross is the pinnacle of our faith. It is the picture of grace where Christ laid down his life and he died for us and he allowed us to come to the Father and be in right relationship with him. But we get stuck at the cross and we forget that Easter is a celebration of Christ overcoming death. Yes, he laid down his life and he died and he was broken for you and I. But he also overcame death and he gave us hope for a future. It is that power that we can live with. And we so many times forget that. And see, it doesn't matter what your brokenness is. God wants to meet you at your point of brokenness. And I look across a room like this and I know in this room that there are people whose brokenness looks like addiction. Addiction to food, addiction to alcohol, addiction to drugs, addiction to pornography, addiction to TV or video games. That's brokenness. There are people in the room who are struggling with marriage, and that is their brokenness. And if you're married and you're not struggling today, you may meet, maybe tomorrow. Because that is the journey of marriage. Some days it's good and some days it's a struggle. And you have to constantly work at it and invest in it. And there's brokenness that comes from that. Some of you, brokenness looks like being a parent. 
and struggling with anger and frustration towards your kids and learning how to discipline and learning how to do the things the right way. Some of you, your brokenness is a picture of grief. Maybe you've lost a spouse to death through cancer or some other disease. Or maybe you've lost a child in a tragic accident or some other loved one. It's grief. You had no control over it. It had nothing to do with you or your actions, but yet it is part of your brokenness. It has broken you. Some of you struggle with your past, past relationships, abuse that's happened in your past, divorce that you've walked through, broken relationships. It is your brokenness. For some of you, it's your value. Trying to find significance in the things you do. Working so hard to prove yourself. Maybe to you. Maybe to your dad who never paid attention. Maybe to an employer. Maybe to your family. But seeking value. It's your brokenness. It's your picture that you look at. And I'm sure that I haven't covered everyone's brokenness in a room this size. But you know what it is for you. What is your picture? What does that look like? When you look in the mirror and you think about those things in your life, what is the picture of that? What is your brokenness? No matter what it is, God wants to meet you at that point of brokenness. And he wants to give you hope. See, for me, I look at life and I go, if this is all that there is to life, why do we even do this? I mean, think about it. If the struggles that we go through, the things that we face, the hard times, because, again, life is full of ups and downs. You have good moments, but if you're anything like me, it seems like there's a lot more moments where you're struggling and you're fighting and you're pushing back and you're trying to survive. And in those, those moments, if you look at that and you go, this is all there is, then we're hopeless. Let's just die and be done with it. But God has given us hope. He has given us this picture of restoration, and we celebrate that on Easter as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ because that is the hope that we live with. It is hope for a better tomorrow. It is hope for time in heaven, eternity with God where there is no sin, where there is no struggle, where there is no addiction, where there is no pain, where there is no abuse, where there is none of this brokenness that we experience here on earth and where there's purpose for the brokenness that we walk through where you can see clearly that God is making something out of your brokenness, making something beautiful out of that brokenness. That is the hope that we live with. Paul said it this way to the church in Rome, in Romans 8, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Notice what that verse does not say. That verse does not say that God causes good things to happen for his good. It doesn't say that God causes these amazing events in life to happen that are for his good. It says he causes everything, good and bad, victory and struggle, restoration and brokenness. He uses everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's why Christ came. Listen to this 
picture of Christ as he comes to the cross. From Isaiah chapter 53, starting in verse 3, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. And we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness, our weaknesses that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. Listen to the pronouns in this. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We've left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. That's why we celebrate today. But look what it says in verse 10, and this one is what I love. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants, and he will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. The Lord's good plan. Think about that a minute. It was God's good plan to send his son to earth to live among us and to take on all of our sin and take on all the penalty for the things that we would do wrong in the future and die for you and me? It was God's good plan for that to happen? See, restoration only comes out of brokenness. Jesus had to be broken. He had to go to the cross to fulfill God's good plan for you and I to be restored and to be made new, to be able to live with that hope. Think about the picture of restoration. Jesus talks about how a seed has to die before it can be put in the ground and a plant can grow from it. If you break a bone, how many of you have broken a bone? Think about it. You're in a cast. You break your arm and they put you in a cast. And as that bone is healing, it hurts. There are times where it just aches and it's just sore because brokenness going to restoration is painful. When you cut yourself, it hurts. When it's healing, it hurts. It often leaves a scar. But you're being restored as it heals. And it's the same way in our lives. Brokenness leads to restoration. There's a story of a servant from India and he was serving his master's house as the water bearer. And every day, one of his responsibilities, he would take this pole and he would put it across his shoulders and it had two pots that hung from the pole on either end. And every day he would walk several miles down to a stream and he would fill the two pots with water. And then he would walk back to his master's house carrying that water so the master's house could have water for the day. And he would do this day after day after day. And as he did this, one of the pots was perfect. It was a beautiful pot, and it would hold a full amount of water for every trip. But the pot over on the right side of his pole, it had a little crack on the outside of it. And water would drip from that crack. And so every day, he would go and he'd fetch water from the stream, and as he would walk back, water would leak out of that pot onto the ground. And he would get back to his master's house, and he'd have a pot and a half of water. And this went on for a couple years, and finally the pot that was broken said to the servant, he said, I'm so sorry, I'm so ashamed that I can't carry my full load of water back to the master's house and I can't do what I was made to do. He said, I'm letting you down and you're not able to work efficiently because every day you get back and you only have a pot and a half of water when you should have two. 
And the water bearer says to the cracked pot, he had compassion on him. He says, as we walk back to the master's house today, look at the beautiful flowers that are along the path. And that day as they walk back to the master's house, the crack pot notices all the flowers that are planted along the path and how beautiful they are. And they get back to the house and he says to the servant, he says, I'm sorry, but I'm just still so ashamed. I mean, the, the flowers are beautiful, but, but still we arrive back and I've only got half a pot of water to give to you. And the water better says, see, what you didn't notice was there's only flowers on your side of the path. Because I've known about your brokenness from the very beginning. From the very first time I carried you, you had a crack in you, and I knew about that. I knew you were broken. And so I planted seeds along the path. And every day, every day as we walk along the path, you're watering those seeds and you're producing flowers. And now I've been able to cut flowers daily to put at my master's table so that he has a fresh flower bouquet at his table as he comes to dine. And it's because of your brokenness that that happened. See, your story and my story are exactly the same. God knows about our brokenness. No matter how much you try to hold that picture to yourself, no matter how much you try to keep everyone else in the world from seeing the picture of your brokenness, from seeing that mugshot, God knows your brokenness. And he wants to restore that and he wants to make something beautiful out of it. All we have to do is submit to him and allow him to work in our lives and make something beautiful from our brokenness. In Jeremiah, God is speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. This is in chapter 18. And it says this, the Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and I found the potter working at his wheel but the jar that he was making did not turn out as he had hoped, so he crushed it into a lump of clay again, and he started over. Then the Lord gave me this message, O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. We are clay in the hand of the potter. He wants to take our brokenness. He wants to take that part of us that we look at and go, this is messed up. This is not right about me. And he wants to make something beautiful of it. But we have to choose to allow him to reform us and to recreate us into something beautiful. For some of you sitting in the room this morning, you've already made that choice to follow Christ and to allow him to begin to restore you. And maybe for you, you simply need that moment to where you recommit your life and commit to him again and say, I'm going to allow you to be the potter in my life. Because even though I've given you victory in me, I'm still holding on to that brokenness and that picture. And that's the one I'm looking at. Because see, he gives us that second picture just like in the video. And I love this part of the video. You have to choose. What are you going to look at? Are you going to look at the mugshot for the rest of your life? Are you going to look at the brokenness for the rest of your life? And live in that moment where you're going to choose that new picture, the beautiful picture of you, the restored picture of you. For some of you, maybe you've never made that choice. And it's as simple as asking Christ to come into your life and to live through you and allow you to follow him. It's that simple. And I would encourage you to make this the day that you make that choice. 
to make him the potter in your life and allow him to make a beautiful creation out of you to restore the brokenness that is in you. What is your brokenness? What does your picture look like when you look at it? And what is the picture that God wants to make of you? How is he going to restore you? Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are the potter and that you are in control of our lives and it is you who is leading and working in us. And I pray that this morning that we would be able to let go of our past and our addictions and our struggles and our pain and our anger and our frustrations and all the different things that plague us, our brokenness. And I pray that we would begin to allow you to restore us little by little by little. And God, we recognize that it's so often a journey that it's not an immediate transition. It's not something where it just flip a switch and it happens, but that you are wanting to meet us in this moment. You are wanting to meet us where we are in our point of brokenness and offer us hope and take us on that journey of hope and restoration. And so I pray that that would happen this morning. I pray that our hearts would be open to the leading of your spirit and that we would respond and allow you to restore us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.